Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning to you. So we're continuing um, looking through Zechariah, and uh, Zechariah has this series of eight visions in one night. And it's like a multimedia presentation that uh, Zachariah has, um, almost like um, a Harry Potter scene, you know, the, a painting on the wall, um, except there's eight paintings in a row. And uh, they come alive when you look at them. And then you step into the picture and become part of the action in the vision. And that's what's happening with Zachariah. He looks up and again, there's another vision uh, and he gets drawn into it. And so today we have these two final pictures. Joshua spoke about one of them yesterday, uh, and I'm going to pick up with where he left off and carry on with the final vision as well today. So let's read chapter five and verse one. And uh, here Zachariah says, I looked again and there before me was a flying scroll. And the angel asked me, what do you see? And I answered, I see a flying scroll, a scroll. 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. And he said to me, this is the curse that is going out over the whole land, according to what is it says upon one side. Every thief will be banished. And according to what it says on the other, everyone who swears falsely will be banished. The Lord Almighty declares, I will send it out and it will enter the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely by my name it will be it will remain in the house and destroy it both its timbers and its stones and now we have the final vision the woman in the basket then the angel who was speaking to me came forward and said to me look up and see what this is that is appearing i asked what is it and he replied it is a measuring bucket a measuring basket and he added this is the iniquity of the people throughout the land And then the cover of lead was raised and there in the basket sat a woman and he said, this is wickedness. So I'll stop there and let Joshua carry on with that uh, tomorrow. But what we see in these two visions, I would suggest to you, is God's doing three things with sin. First of all, there is the discovery of sin. Secondly, there is the destruction of sin. And finally, in the picture of the woman in the basket, there is the destination of the sinner. And so uh, remember that uh, that back in 520, uh, they were there receiving this prophecy from Zechariah. And there seems to have been one particular type of sin that Zechariah seems to be homing in on here in this passage. And it's sins related to money and to do with materialism. You see, before the exile, the people were into idolatry and having idols in their houses and Baal worship and all that kind of thing. That's why they went into exile largely, but they kind of learnt their lesson. And so now they're back out of exile in the land. They're not into idolatry in the same kind of way anymore. They've stopped having idols and things in their houses, But there is a much more subtle form of idolatry that seems to be prevalent amongst the people of God. Here they are in the land 
They're supposed to be building the temple, but they're actually too busy building their own houses and feathering their own nests and neglecting the house of God. And so Zechariah seems to be um, uh, focusing on this because certainly as we read, uh, for example, in Nehemiah, we discover that there are various uh, kind of uh, sinful attitudes towards money amongst the people of God after the exile. So, for example, um, Nehemiah saw men farming uh, and trading on the Sabbath. And he also saw them withholding the portions that were supposed to be given to the Levites uh, and defrauding God of their offerings and of their tithes. And there was a desire for gain and for worldly prosperity that came to kind of dominate their lifestyles. They were prepared to defraud the wages of their labourers and to oppress the less fortunate members of society. There was, although they professed loyalty to God and and wanted to worship God in a temple, nevertheless, in their lifestyle, functionally, they were living very much like the people around them and like the people they had come from back in Babylon. And so there is this issue, which I think in these two pictures that we've read today, Zechariah is addressing relating to their attitudes towards money. And so what we see is that, first of all, there's this vision of a flying scroll, which Joshua spoke about yesterday. It's like a massive advertising banner flying through the sky and it's 30 foot by 15 foot. Uh, And so uh, Egyptian papyruses could be as long as the the, the Egyptian Book of the Dead was uh, actually over 100 foot long, but it was only 19 inches wide. Whereas this one is 30 foot long and 15 foot wide. It was unmissable and it was written on both sides. But the dimensions were the same as the dimensions of the holy place in the tabernacle. And we're reminded then of the fact that this is about the covenants that God had made with his people. And there were covenant laws that they had to fulfill. And so this scroll is written on both sides, as Joshua said, reminding us of the tablets of stone that Moses had written on both sides with the two codes of law on each side. And so we have this reminder, God is holding his people accountable according to his standards and to his laws. And one of the laws that is mentioned here is theft. And so there there is this theft, possibly robbing God even of their tithes. And so God is going to discover their sin. The first thing is the discovery of their sin. And we see here that this scroll goes into all the houses There is no escape from the eyes of God who sees everything, even that which is hidden. God sees Adam and Eve trying to hide behind trees. God sees Cain, who has murdered his brother out in the wilderness. No one else was there. God sees the sin of Achan as he hides the treasure away in his tent. But he is discovered. God sees it all and God searches our lives. He searches our, our, our secret lives as well. And he discovers it all. And there was a, um, you know, I mean, let me just give you a couple of examples. Uh, You know, recently somebody offered to us um, a contract and we entered into a contract with a person to pay for some services and um, then kind of 
afterwards they came to us in kind of a little bit hush hush and sort of said oh by the way if you'd like to pay in cash you know that would be fine and we had to think about that as a actually no we don't want to do that as we're not free to do that but it's not just out there in the world that there is a, a massive kind of secret economy and all sorts of dodgy stuff that goes on out in the world we need to be aware that even in the church and this is where the scroll is searching through the land through the people even in the church there can be bad attitudes towards money I was at a trustee training day just the other day uh, with some trustees and we were learning about some tragic cases in churches in the UK in recent times where there's been embezzlement and mismanagement of funds by trustees and uh, by ministers uh, and uh, by treasurers and so on. And you just think, yeah, that, that it can get in to the church as well. And God knows what goes on behind closed doors with Ananias and Sapphira holding back, saying they were giving everything, but holding some of it back and so on. Now, as God is going to restore the temple, as they are going to restore this temple, it's so important that they also restore their spiritual lives before God. You see, it's all very well for God to have declared them righteous as he did to Joshua when he gave him clean white robes in chapter three. And it's all very well for God to commission us to build the temple, as he did in chapter four with the lampstand that we're called to shine forth to build his temple. But God would also have it that the hands that build that temple are pure and he would have it that the people who worship in that temple are purged of their sinfulness in every area of life, including money. And so we can be justified, as Joshua discovered, we can be commissioned to serve God, as we discover, but we are also to be sanctified so that we are pure in our worship. And so we have this picture of the scroll and it goes through like Passover night, going through the houses and destroying uh, the houses that are sinful. And now we have this picture of a basket and this basket is a word. The word there is ephah. And actually, it's a measuring basket. It's a basket that was used for commercial activity to measure uh, grain, dry food. And the picture here is this basket, which is full of materialism. It's full of a woman called wickedness. And this basket, their commercial activity, their financial activity is full of wickedness. Now, tomorrow we will look at how God is going to deal with that and the destination of this woman in the basket. But let me just challenge you as we finish today. Is God working in your life? I tell you what, God's convicting me. I came back from a run the other day, having listened to some sermons on this passage. And I just said to Kate, you know, I've got some decisions I've made about uh, our situation and so on. And I think, you know, what is God speaking to you about how you deal with things, how you deal with people? I've been so struck by a passage in 2 Corinthians, which I'll just finish with. And there in 2 Corinthians, it says, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God says, I will live with them and walk with them and I will be their God and they will be my people. And so he quotes some verses about coming out from uncleanness and it finishes by saying this. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves 
from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Are you perfecting holiness? Are you purifying? Are you allowing God to put his finger on things in terms of your attitude towards generosity or whatever it is? I said I had some good news to share. Time's run on, but I should just share that after we shared our vision on Sunday night about the church refurbishment at the old school, we received an amazing gift on Monday anonymously for, um, you know, £11,000, which is incredible generosity. And uh, so, so people are taking this seriously. People are wanting to walk with God in their finances. And that's wonderful to see. And I'd encourage us to continue on that journey and allow God to use this time to teach us lessons about walking with him in this whole area. So God bless you today. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful day as you seek to walk with God. God bless you. Bye.